This is Michelle, your Chief Hope Builder. If you're here, it's because you have a loved one in addiction and you want to find hope. Well, you're in the right place. We will help you go from havoc to hope. Follow along with us for 30 days in the book, Unhackable Moms of Addicted Loved Ones. This is a series. Each episode will include an interview with one of the moms who helped write the book. You'll hear parts of their stories and how they found peace and calm in their lives. Subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. The link to buy the book and to join our tribe are in the show notes. Let's get started. Thanks for joining. Welcome, welcome. We have Brooke Whitehead with us today, and we are in the Unhackable series and on day one. And day one is all about writing your story. Welcome, Brooke. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you, Michelle. It's good to be here. So if Brooke has a bio. If, if you have the book in the front, You'll see her picture, and she is the mom of two sons, one a recovering loved one. Brooke is trustworthy, dependable, resilient, caring, passionate, and a dog lover. Brooke leads Right to Heal in our groups. It's a journaling and sharing experience, um, and I just love it because she's so calm and, and has this just peaceful way of helping us journal some tough subjects and then sharing them when we're comfortable sharing them. So um, I, I invited Brooke today and you'll see her in some of the other or hear her in some of the other um, days also. But for today, she's our first, first mom to talk a little bit about her journey in this book and with addiction in her life. Um, Brooke, so how did you enjoy being a part of this writing endeavor in this book? I loved being a part, Michelle, and I thank you for creating the book and having the idea. When I first heard of your group, part of what attracted me to it is that I wanted to help write this book. I feel like the stories are so powerful. Yeah, and I'll never forget, you know, I didn't even know Brooke before um, I started in this lane of helping moms. And when she came to me, um, one of the things I had said is if you join our group, I want to write this book together. And she made sure I was serious about that. So she, it was her encouragement that really helped keep me going in this direction. So thank you for that. Um, and, and day one, well, before we begin, I just want to um, say again, like what it's the book title is unhackable. What is it to be hacked? And just to clarify, a hack is when someone or something gains unauthorized access to us. Our productivity plummets, our dreams get sidelined and sabotaged, and our purpose pauses. When we are stuck in the chaos of having an addicted loved one, we get hacked. Our lives and dreams, everything gets like put on hold. Um, and so on day one, Brooke's going to share what she wrote about when she started this journey, you know, um, 
what what was her life like? How was she hacked in her life? Go ahead, Brooke. Take it away. Okay. All right. I had the opportunity to finish my master's degree in social work at the University of Tennessee. All expenses paid. I prepared Micah, my 27-year-old addicted son. I told him I will be unavailable every Thursday for the next two years. You will need to make sure you have gas in your car, clothing for work, and everything you need, at least on Thursdays. I reminded him of this every day, sometimes more than once a day, for a month. On the first day of class, Micah ran out of gas at 7 a.m. on his way to work. I told him I could bring $5 in gas and put that in his car, but I had class in an hour and could not answer my phone again that day. Exactly one hour later, he ran out of gas again. He said he had to drive to a work site and didn't have money for more gas. Because I was in class and didn't answer my phone, he left 67 messages. When I finally called back at three o'clock, Micah cursed me because he lost his job. Every Thursday was filled with the same type of events. After a semester, I quit the MSSW program because it was too much to work, go to college, and raise a 27-year-old child. Up until now, my obsessive and unreasonable thoughts about Micah dominated every situation I encountered. Up until now, I haven't taken the steps to change my behavior so I can fulfill my dreams, whether Micah is choosing good health or not. Up until now, I haven't chosen to live a different way by making my life and my job a priority. Wow. Wow. The sacrifices you gave up. Did you ever go back and get your degree? I didn't. No. So, but you, you work in that field still kind of sort of don't you can I do I have a bachelor's degree I just wanted to get a master's because I really wanted to be a counselor but that didn't come to pass for me but interestingly today the place I'm at is UT I'm at uh, in the lady balls room (laughs) because he's at camp Okay, so I, you just kind of cut out a little bit, but I think what you said is that you're at the University of Tennessee, where you went to college. Yes. And this is, this is the Lady Voss room where they have, they hold a lot of their probably conventions, meetings, and um, her grandson, David, who's an actor. Oh my gosh, it's so fun. Um, he's at a basketball camp. So she asked for, you know, a room and here, here we are right here. So, um, well, you never went back to college. I mean, you didn't get your master's degree, but can you tell us what, I mean, you work with the public in some way. Can you tell us what you do? I work with the Medicaid population. I work for an insurance company that that administers healthcare to Medicaid recipients. And it's my job to try to get them to come in for their EPSDT physicals. Instead of going to the emergency room, we want them to use a primary care physician. We want them to get their immunizations and vaccinations. So I plan events centered around primary care physicians offices where it'll draw people in. So I get snow cone trucks, bloom twisters, all that stuff. And we have huge events. Oh my goodness. Well, that it, parts of that sound really fun, but I think 
you also have parts where you have to really listen because because people people have tough lives and um do you find that they're they want to share with you more than you real ever realized they would sometimes sometimes they share a whole lot if they just feel like you're going to listen but sometimes they hide a whole lot and you can tell they're hiding but there's no way to make somebody talk no 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 we know that with our addicted loved ones too it just um and even it's really hard to listen sometimes too because of their upside down logic um so so this day one um we say three words up until now and we look at our lives when we're first starting on our journey and and i think if i had to share my like it's hard to look back, but if I look back on when Ryan and his wife were like early in their addiction, up my up until now was, well, this is their problem. It's not mine. So they just need to figure it out, right? So up until now, I, I kind of just removed myself from their lives because it was almost like I was guarding my heart and I was angry. I didn't understand addiction. So it was like, just grow up, learn from your mistakes and go figure it out. You know, kind of that kind of mentality. So, but up until, but I was the one who wasn't sleeping. I was the one who kept ruminating that all these bad things were going to happen because then they started having children. And then I was like in fear over my grandkids safety. So I think my three words up until now were not relating to me. Like up until now, I didn't think that I needed recovery. But yet after realizing this, we all moms realize the only person we can help is ourselves. And so up until now, I didn't see myself having a problem. But after that day, I realized, oh my goodness, I need recovery because their choices are affecting my health and my worry and my sleep. And so for those of you listening, you know, think about, you know, what is your up until now, up until now, what have you, you know, not left go? What have you abandoned? How have you been hacked? And how do you want your life to go from here? So um, can you remember, Brooke, back to, I know this day that you mentioned in the story, but can you remember back to the early days of some of the ways, other ways that you were hacked by Micah's substance use? I, I do. There are so many, Michelle. I'll just tell one and I'll tell the story in the book too, but I had just gotten married. So Micah was living with me and my husband and we had three other kids in the home too. My in-laws live up on the hill. So Micah's 200 pounds, just full of muscle. And I, at that time, weighed about a hundred pounds. So he's twice my body weight. I saw him pull into the driveway because I was watching. I was afraid he would be drunk. So when he pulled in, he got out of his car where he was driving impaired this much but he fell down on our front porch so I 
picked up his big body because I was embarrassed of the other kids seeing or my in-laws seeing up on the hill. So I picked up his big body and drug him through the front door. And then I didn't want him to lay on the floor. So I somehow hoisted him up onto the couch also. And he was just dead weight. So I I put his head in my lap. And I was just crying because he was in such bad shape. So when he was smiling as he was dreaming about things and I would see a smile across his face and I could hear him make noises and I was just crying. Mm. So I looked down at him at one time and he was starting to wake up and he said, Mama, what's wrong with you? Because I had black on my eyes all swollen. Bring your mascara, yeah. I said, I'm crying because you're in such a bad shape. And he said, Mom, I was having a good dream. Go to bed. (laughs) That was just an indicator. Yes, he was in horrible shape, but I was in worse shape. Even though I hadn't been out all night drinking, I was in worse shape than him. Oh my gosh, that is such a good illustration, right? It it reminds me of that of that time when um, I was laying awake at night and I heard a siren and I just, I just had this horrible feeling like something bad happened to Ryan. I just knew it. I just knew it. Um, Finally, the next day I was able to text him and said, are you okay? You know, um, did you sleep? Okay. I, I was worried about you. And he said, yeah, I slept like a baby. And so it's the same kind of thing. Here, we're all losing parts of our life and our health and our sleep. And they're like, why? We're fine. You know, I, and so I think that day one is all about kind of introspectively looking at where are you now? What do you want to change? Up until now, what have you done that you no longer want to do? What do you no longer want to do? And will you make a commitment to finding that? Well, Brooke, thanks for coming in and and sharing uh, a part of your journey. And I know we're going to have you back. Is there anything else that um, you want to say about day one? I mean, I guess, how how many years has it been since that incident um, at college, since you turned down that degree? Five years. So how, how do you see your life today then versus five years ago? Well, I've been promoted at my job, so I, I enjoy that. And I, w- I was still in the Mighty Moms group when I got the promotion. So that was it. I like the job better. I don't have so much stress of interacting with people every day. So that's a good thing. Other things that have changed is I turn my phone off at night now. Last night, Mike, I had a very bad night. Mm-hmm. But at 8 o'clock, I turned my phone off and I slept because there's nothing I can do when He's worked up to this point. I can't do anything. So I turned my phone off at eight. And when I woke up this morning, I dealt with all the messages that I had. But I had a good night's sleep to deal with it. That's something I could never do before. Wow. Well done. Well done. And when you had to face those text messages or calls this morning, how did that go? Was that easier? It's a lot easier. I still get a pit in my stomach because I hate mm. that life has turned out this way for him right now, up until now. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, it's so important to see up until now and then five years later and where you are. And 
Um, and that's all we can do is just keep, keep growing in our recovery and learning new ways to cope. Um, do you think that he can, he notices how you're coping better now? He does notice he's been a lot more respectful of my boundaries because I'm not engaging in the craziness with him. So when I can step back and view it as a third person sometimes and try not to react, I can really tell he's more respectful. Wow. That's worth it for sure. It is. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again. And we'll have Rook back soon. So stay tuned. God thank bless. You. Thank you for writing the book and thank you. All right.